Welcome to the Bible Studies for Life Adult podcast. This podcast is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And Chris, we are going to be talking about truth today. We are. Lynn, good to, good to be with you today. Uh, w- this is the beginning. This is the first session of a new study for us. We're going to be looking at uh, some hard questions. Our study is titled Confident in the Face of Hard Questions. So today's uh, hard question is, does it really matter which truth I believe? And in our culture, that's a big deal. That's an important question to ask. So uh, we, we want to start off looking at these hard questions and uh, focusing on truth will be a good way to begin this study. Well, joining Chris and I for this conversation is Randy Fields. Randy, glad to have you with us for this podcast. Good to be here, man. Randy wrote these, uh, th- this study, Confident, for the, for the Daily Discipleship Guide that's geared toward our young adults, did an excellent job. In fact, Randy had to kind of jump in, just some uh, issues we had to timing. Uh, he had to kind of jump in kind of late in the game uh, to write this, and yet he did an inf- uh, incredible job with it. Randy, if you take a moment, just uh, tell people about your ministry there in uh, Grass Valley, California. Absolutely. We live in the beautiful Sierra Foothills, just outside of Lake Tahoe. Um, going on my 19th year now as pastor here. Um, never thought I'd survive, but I have. People have treated me good. But uh, we have a, a great ministry, not just here, but also around the globe. We uh, sponsor missions in Africa and the Philippines and in London. And uh, we also have adopted a school here in town. It's a continuation school um, where I spend a whole lot of time at most of the days, about five hours a day on average, um, just pouring into kids still. And uh, these are hard kids. It's a continuation school. And so most of these kids have been castaways by their parents or relatives or whoever. And uh, so it's a unique, unique opportunity that uh, God has opened up for us um, to walk into that public school and uh, we have prayer meetings every Monday. They're on campus, and uh, all are welcome to come. So, again, it's a, a unique situation to be in, but God has definitely provided ample opportunities to be His Word here and abroad uh, for our church. Well, thank you for your ministry, Randy. Appreciate what you do and what your church family does as well. We are, as Chris introduces, the study on confident, and our session today, this first session, is about truth. We live in a culture where people think— you know, you can have your truth and I can have my truth and uh, they can be opposing, but it's okay because it's your truth and it's my truth. And the bottom gets us to the question, does it really matter what truth I believe? So we're going to look at this from a, obviously from a biblical perspective, but we want to walk away with this truth. Knowing the truth of Christ is the only way we can experience freedom. We are going to be in the Gospel of John for this, but we're going to be in two chapters. Uh, we're going to begin in John chapter 3. Uh, Chris, there's a very familiar story that we are kind of picking up uh, at the tail end of. Yes, uh, Jesus um, in John 3 has an, uh, a nighttime encounter with a religious leader by the name of Nicodemus. Nicodemus wants to know more about this rabbi and what he's teaching. Seems to come to him um, with uh, some respect for him and ask some questions. And and Jesus is really blunt in talking to Nicodemus, tells him he has to be born again. And uh, that be, that in, begins an engagement in conversation 
where Nicodemus just has no idea what Jesus is talking about. Uh, so Jesus continues to talk and blows Nicodemus' mind, and he still has no idea what he's talking about. Um, but then uh, he he tells the reminds Nicodemus of a story from uh, Jewish history, where uh, there is a uh, image that is lifted up that uh, if people will look at it, they will be healed. And and it says in the same way, uh, Jesus says, uh, at, when I am lifted up, I'll draw them into myself is the idea. And then we have the most famous verse, John 3, 16. And that's it's after John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It is after that, that uh, we pick up the study. So we're going to see that there is truth, and that truth is in the light of who Christ is. The, the words continue, pick it up right where Chris left off. Uh, Jesus says this, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it, so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be known to be accomplished by God. Randy, take a moment and uh, help us to think through kind of where we are as a culture with this whole idea of truth being subjective. Um, and and let's talk a little bit about how, how different that is probably from the generation before us and their understanding of truth. Yeah, I, I see it every day. You know, like I said, I work at a public high school with 10th through 12th graders. And, uh, man, this is so evident in their life every day. Um, you see it in their belief system. You see it in this whole, I identify as a cat, as a dog, or, you know, whatever the terminology they want to put there. And they do. They hide behind all of that. And it's a very hard shell to get beyond. And so, you know, when I looked at the study and wrote it, it, it had very... Um, I want to say great implications for me in those kids that I deal with because I see it on a daily basis. They they don't see the light of Christ. They see the light of alcohol or the light of, you know, the LGBTQ, all of those scenarios going on and think, well, that is truth. And when you confront them on it, they say, well, why, why is your truth better than my truth? Why is it so that you believe what you believe, but I can't believe what I believe? And so some of that has come from, the generation before, unfortunately. Yeah, our generation, you know, the older generation, if we want to label ourselves that, um, you know, I grew up, truth was truth. And, you know, you didn't question it. Um, but I think, you know, back then we lived in a biblically moral society, still had implications from that. But today we don't have that. There's no biblical basis for, um, you know, these kids and, and many of their parents you know, who for some reason or another had walked away from the church or never even been at church or know anything about the Bible. And so helping them to understand what is truth, um, it, it's a hard road. And, you know, if they would just come to grips with there is truth and it has to be, 
um, from an outside source to determine what it is. And I love to use the phrase, okay, so if you grew up believing a chair was a couch, would you believe it was a couch? And they'd say, well, no, because I can see the couch. I said, well, exactly. So there's, a, you know, the person that made that chair identified it as a chair. And only that person can tell you what that chair is made of, what that chair consists of, the color of it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I've used that line and been able to break through in multiple conversations, but it is a difficult thing for our society and culture today to really understand that there is absolute truth and it does matter what I believe. Um, and I think part of that is because our society also lives for the here and now and doesn't look further down the road. And Randy, as, as you had that conversation with a student, you, we can talk about this element of truth. We can take it out of the context of our Bible study, talking about Jesus, even out of any kind of a religious sense, and to see there's a fallacy in thinking there can be multiple truths your 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 couch and chair uh you you can take it to the most basic thinking about math formulas uh either five plus five is ten or or that, that's the only truth there can be we cannot make other truths that are contradictory either that or if you do that either there uh only one of them can be true i, I you know people are inundated by the internet by their phones they have it 24 7 and, you know, we're left to decipher, okay, what's truth and what's not truth on even the news reporting. You know, back when I was growing up, my dad watched the news every day. Well, what the broadcaster was saying, that was truth. I mean, they didn't even waver from the truth. Today, it's left up to whoever watches. Okay, you interpret it however you want to see the truth. And so it's no wonder that our culture and society is so far away from an absolute truth, knowing that there is one truth, and especially when it comes to knowing who Christ is. Truth is really significant to talk about because of, we're talking about now something that has eternal importance. And as Christ has said here, as Jesus has been talking in John chapter 3, he's connecting the truth to his work on the cross, to his, to his death. So it's remarkable that Jesus is so relevant and contemporary that he's speaking not just to the people that were a part of the conversation that day but to us <laughs> light has come into the world that's jesus and people love darkness rather than the light and man we're seeing it aren't we yeah they, they want to live in that darkness and they you know when i look at those students even their parents that have interaction with because they live in that darkness they don't see any hope I don't think they see any availability of hope. And as soon as you throw Jesus into that, I and mean, it gets later on, you know, one of the other sessions we'll deal with, but they, they, they don't see that as the only way. It's just, okay, that's your way, but that's not my way. And they, they've yet to connect the dots together. Um, there was a, an adult in a church. He and his family just started coming probably about six months ago. Um, mom came, the kids came prior to that. Um, but he was holding out, didn't have a relationship with Christ. Um, in our men's study, he came to know Christ. And it's been, you know, that, that whole last passage there in John 3, where the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown. It has been unique to watch this gentleman and just the light that he now has. And he doesn't live for himself. He's jumped in and serving. He just, man, he has eaten it up because he's now seen the light. And it's not just, you know, the light bulb went off. He has seen the light of Christ. Powerful, strong, strong. Let's continue on and let's go. We're going to move now from John chapter 3 to John chapter 8. And uh, 
we're going to be picking up where Jesus is in a conversation about being the light of the world, where Jesus said, eight, this is 812, where I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so now he engages in this conversation with some of the religious leaders who began to argue and debate with him on some on different matters. And finally, Jesus comes down to this in verse 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And we see here in this, just, just these two short verses, that the truth of Jesus, there is that truth, but that is the truth that will set us free. So I remember the first time this, this verse, verse 32, uh, came to my attention. It was in my t- public high school, 10th grade, and Miss Ferguson, our world history teacher, had uh, had uh, written those words across the top um, of the chalk chalkboard of all things. Uh, you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Um, so these are these are important and significant words um, for us as we talk about the about truth in our study. Well, Chris, I've often seen this used. Uh, in educational settings, just like you'd mentioned, uh, the university I attended, uh, this was engraved in stone over the library. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, educators or people just, oh, that's not, yeah, I need to know more. But the reality is what he's talking about here is I am the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. It's knowing me that will set you free. It's not just knowing history or knowing physics. It's knowing me. I just want us to kind of go back and recapture the heart of what this passage is about. It's about Jesus. He makes no bones about it. You know, Jesus, I can imagine being there in that conversation that day that he was having. And, you know, because they continued to argue with him. Well, no, we are descendants. You know, we, we, you know, we, we, we have all that. And he comes back and says, no, you, you, you don't. You, you've not put the dots together that I am the truth. And, you know, it ties into that whole aspect of what is truth. Well, it's it's him that he is the, the embodiment, the character of truth. And you can't separate that out of that. And again, going back to our society, they've put truth label on this and on that, on a variety of different things that they have pushed now as well. This is truth when it's not. And, it, you know, they've pulled the wool over so many people's eyes because I think, Lynn, as you're referring to, you know, they're in the, the library. Well, no, it's it's the knowledge that I have to get. Well, we all know that you can have all the knowledge you want. But ultimately, if you don't have Christ in your life, you don't have truth. You never will have truth. And the question I would have for those, then, Randy, that embrace this verse as a, just about truth in general. Okay, that truth that you're embracing, how has it set you free? Knowledge itself, does it really set us free? It may help us invent things, make discoveries, make life more comfortable. But does it really set us free? It's Jesus that sets us free to live. The answer to so many folks today is, well, no, alcohol is what sets me free. You know, this lifestyle is what sets me free because I'm free to be me. Well, it's not about us. And, you know, again, we're created in our our creator's image. And that, that, that search for truth is buried deep within us. But if we don't acknowledge Christ as the truth, we don't see the truth. 
It's just, we live in that darkness. Well, it's okay. You know, this is what the world says. This is what I'm doing. This is truth for me. And so this is where I'm going to stay. Well, in these, just these two short verses, there's this concept that the truth in Jesus sets us free to live. Now, what us also see as we continue to verse 33, the truth in Jesus sets us free from sin. We are descendants of Abraham, they answered him, and we have been never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? Jesus responded, truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free, you really will be free. So it's interesting that, that, that Jesus makes these comments and um, the response of those who, who are listening says, what, uh, we are Abraham's descendants. We've never been enslaved. And they're ignoring a great deal of their history. <laughs> they were enslaved to the Egyptians for 400 years. They were enslaved to the Babylonians. They were enslaved at that present time, essentially to Rome. So uh, they're ignoring the reality that uh, bondage, slavery has been a part of their heritage. And, and I think slavery today, you know, even though it, it, we don't have slaves today, that, that aspect of slavery to sin, people don't identify what sin is. They, they think, well, no, that's not a sin. Well, it, it comes back to what is sin? Well, again, who defines what sin is? God does. And not what man says is sin, you know? And again, that's that whole aspect of, well, no, I can, I can, I can take that because I'm homeless and I want to steal that thing. Well, that's not a sin because I'm homeless and I'm hungry. I heard that recently on the news last week. I, I just cracked up, um, but it's still sin. And so they're still enslaved into that aspect of sin that many of them have a hard time moving beyond that. And again, you know, there was a student we were dealing with at school this last week that he continues to just want to steal and just, you know, he's going down that wrong path. But he thinks it's okay because that's what his dad did. He saw his his earthly father do that. And so he thinks, well, that's okay. Well, you know, there's beyond that earthly father. There are these sets of standards and rules that are implicated that we we live by and that comes back to what is truth what is sin and the only person that can say what that is is jesus because he is the embodiment of truth and he is totally against sin and that that's the whole point of this bible study that knowing the truth of christ that is the only way we can experience freedom so i think we're in a unique time frame uh, Randy, especially as you've talked about the culture where you're, where you're, uh, where you live and teach, um, you know, people are addicted to alcohol. People are addicted to drugs, and uh, so I think that we have the opportunity uh, to a lifestyle. I think uh, we have the opportunity to to make the connection to slavery and addiction that I think people can identify with. Do you think? Yeah. Uh, and I know, especially here where I'm at, because the whole, you know, they're trying to do the whole reparation thing for, you know, ancestors of slavery. And so that's very much a hot topic, even in the classrooms today. And so I think it's a great lead way of helping them to understand what being a slave to sin is and helping them identify, you know, no, that is sin. And, and here's why it's sin. And not just, you know, our students today, they want to know why that, you know, that's their favorite question. Well, why? Why is that sin? 
doesn't seem wrong. It's not hurting anybody. But why is it sin? And so, you know, we can't just go with a, a simple explanation of, yeah, the truth will set you free. We have to connect, help them connect the dots with that and identify the whole gamut of what sin is and who truth is. And then hopefully and prayerfully, they're going to get a light bulb that goes off in their head and come to realization of Jesus is the truth. In your Bible study groups, as y'all talk about this, I dare say y'all will talk, many, many of our groups, we're going to talk in terms of thinking about those people out there and helping them to confront the reality there is a truth, a singular truth that's in Christ, and that's the truth that leads us to freedom. But I want you to keep this in mind, too, in your group. There may be some in your group, even among Christians, who they do embrace the truth of who Christ is, but this idea that there being one singular truth, they may still struggle with that in the sense of, yes, I believe Jesus is the truth, Jesus is the way for me, but for the Muslim, for the Hindu, there's a viable truth for them. I want us to all see that, uh, even uh, encourage those in your group to see there is a singular group, uh, a singular truth, uh, and that it applies to all people. For all of us, Jesus is that truth, and Jesus is the only truth. The um, Let me... Also, when you're talking with your groups, I want us to take us back to John 8, 31, where Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you are really my disciples. So that challenge to discipleship, to know Jesus' word and to obey it, to abide in it, to live in his word, to live according to his word. Uh, These are the signs that we're truly disciples of Jesus. And uh, make this a challenge for your group to consider what it means to follow Jesus and be a uh, a disciple of his. Randy, thank you for joining us for this podcast. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. And I know you're gonna, we're going to return back to you uh, in a few weeks uh, for you to do another podcast with us as we're in this study on Confident. Uh, well, we want to thank you, uh, our listeners, to this podcast. We do this for you. We hope it's been beneficial to you and hope that it is beneficial for you as you enter into group conversation uh, around God's word. And we pray God's blessings upon you as you uh, study this session this week. 